seriously popular. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Morning, mate. Mail Online this morning have run a banner feature about Liverpool's attacking prowess under the headline, The Fab Five. They've talked about the incredible strike weight this season of Salah, Nunes, Jota, Gapo, and Diaz. They have hit the ground running, haven't they? Yeah, I mean, I think uh, Mail Online are a little bit late with that banner. I don't know whether they were listening to some of our earlier pods, but I I did say, uh, Ian, that Liverpool were the team to challenge Manchester City. Why did I say it? Because of their forward line, the options which they have. And I know that you are a big fan of Nunez. I am a huge fan of Darwin Nunez, as I like to call him. I haven't got that pronunciation yet. I haven't got the Nunez bit that you have. But I thought last season when he was getting a lot of criticism for missing chances, that he would be a superstar this season because he's always in those positions. He's quick, he's physical, and I do think he will be an absolute darling at Anfield over time. Yeah, I mean, the last season, I think there was... I mean, the issue he had was this... I don't know whether we call it a ridiculous comparison with with Erling Haaland, but they had that game in the Community Shield, didn't they, where um, Nunez scored and Haaland didn't, and there was this head-to-head. And I think Nunez uh, took a fair bit of flack for his performances throughout the season because there was that comparison with Haaland. But he's clearly his own man, and uh, and he's a he's a massive threat. And you know, you've mentioned the other forwards that Liverpool have. And that's why, in my opinion, they are the the biggest challengers uh, to Manchester City. I mean, a brilliant array of uh, of different types of attackers. I'm not a fan of XG, and you wouldn't that won't surprise you. You called me a dinosaur and a caveman before, a uh, cave up. boy, a cave boy. In fact, yeah, cave, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I can't remember which I can't remember which insult. Caveman came first. and cave boy. I but, think. No, but, People do put a lot of faith in, in XG, which for those uh, listeners who, who aren't aware is expected goals. And it's a way of judging whether a team is um, underperforming in a game or overperforming. So you could you could win 1-0, but your XG could be three, which means you could have, could have scored three goals. Am I making sense? <laughs> no. no. I didn't know. In truth. <laughs> in truth. In truth, I didn't understand any of that. But as long as as long as you understood it, that's that's good. So essentially, the, the point is that 
that Nunez's goals in last season perhaps didn't match up to his XG, the positions he got into, the chances he had, people saying he should have scored more. But I thought I thought it would come. Um, they play Tottenham this weekend. I think he will score in that game. I know that's quite a bold thing to say, but having been watching him play a little bit, I think he will score. Um, he's been influenced. He scored again at the weekend. Uh, when Liverpool beat West Ham, but he also missed a good chance. Do you think he misses too many chances? Does that matter? Did it matter to you when you were playing? Well, of course it matters if you, uh, you know, if you miss chances, especially big chances. But he's one of those players where he just seems to, to you know, dust it off and, and get on with it. You have to have that that strong mentality. That's where I always felt players who I played with, the likes of Henrik Larsson and, and Alan Shearer, used to miss some horrific chances uh, at, at times. Not many, mind. But then they always had that uh, that confidence, that mindset to keep getting in those positions. And I think at times throughout my career, I think I did hesitate a little bit. And that's why they were at the highest level, absolutely fearless. And, and maybe it's something that Nunes is, is suffering from a little bit. But the fact that, you know, we, we still talk about missing opportunities and missing opportunities, it's still... Looks like he's getting in the right positions. And, uh, you know, 15 goals last season in all competitions. I think he'll get 20 this season comfortably. You're now just copying copying my predictions of the, from the start of the season. But I think you're right. Um, what Just to brief you on XG, there was a manager I know last season who whose team was struggling a little bit and said to me, you know, we're quite we're quite confident because we look at our XG XG every week and it's and it's quite high and um, we think it's going to come good over time. And he was he was he was sacked the next week. So uh, you know, league, league table trumps XG every time. I would say, but seriously, Liverpool have scored three game three times in a game, six times in the eight games they've played in all competitions this season. They will take that form to Tottenham on Saturday night. This time last week, we were getting excited about Tottenham against Arsenal. I'm quite excited against Tottenham against Liverpool. Now, we've talked a lot about um, Big Ange Postacoglu on on this podcast and its Big Brother podcast that we do on Monday called It's All Kicking Off. Um, You're a huge fan. I'm becoming a huge fan. I think the whole country is becoming a huge fan. Well, you're jumping on the Big Ange bandwagon, aren't you? I, I, I told you all this. I mean, had you, had you, uh, lazy journalism? Has you, had you followed Scottish football, um, you know, far more than you should have done? You would have realised the impact Postacoglu made coming over from Japan at Celtic. The brand of football, fearless front foot football. He said he was going to do it. He did it. Down to Tottenham, he said he was going to do it and, and change mindsets in the way that he's played. And guess what? He has done it. And now what you've done, you've jumped on the bandwagon. You're piggybacking on Big Ange. There is a leap from Scottish football to the England English Premier League in terms of management. Is, is there not? Do you think that managing Tottenham is easier than managing Celtic or Rangers? That's ridiculous. That's absolutely easier. ridiculous. No, 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 no. What, easier? No, I don't think managing Tottenham is easier than managing Celtic. You talked about now. a leap. So what, so what are you talking about? A leap. It, it's still the same well, game. Well, there are two sets of goalposts. There are, there are different pressures. We're praising Tottenham for a draw at Arsenal last weekend. If you get a draw at uh, Celtic or Rangers, you know, that's a disastrous result. So there are different pressures just because Scottish football doesn't have the money, which which English football has. It doesn't, it doesn't lessen... Uh, you, you know the the magnitude of a certain job. 
well, without getting stuck on on this topic, because we like this, we like this Thursday show to be quite short and sharp. But Stephen Gerrard found it found it difficult to translate from his success at Rangers to success at well, Aston one trophy Villa, out of nine. It? Was that a success? St Johnston won more trophies in that in the period that Stephen Gerrard was there. Blame you're you're asking you're asking. No, it's just you said he was a huge success. One trophy out of nine is that a success? He you know he stopped the Celtic uh, ten in a row. And did well to do that, but to say he was a huge success. I what given given where Rangers given where Rangers were when he when he took over to where they were it was when the he COVID left, season, he wasn't it? Was a success. Less pressure. So you think that you think Gerard just got a lucky break in Glasgow? Did 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 he? It was the COVID season. You can't you can't dispute that. I'm, you know, I'm I'm saying you know over the piece he did a, he did a pretty decent job. Okay, stopping Celtics ten. All right, but don't, you know, let's not make out. I mean, you, I think your words were a brilliant job. He won one trophy out of nine. Once again, you, you're, you're sort of missing the point on what expectations are if you're managing Celtic or Rangers. It's about winning everything. One out of nine isn't great. You started this section by saying football is football. It's the same goalposts, etc. So why are you being so disrespectful about success in the COVID season? Liverpool won the Premier League in the COVID season. Are you diminishing that? I wasn't being well? I wasn't being disrespectful. I was just saying that that is that is a, a point of view. Why would the Why would it matter that it was a COVID season? Why does that matter? Well, maybe that there's there maybe that there is less pressure playing at home inside your own stadium. There isn't supporters there, so the players sort of didn't feel the pressure. I think that's a weak argument and it's one that we haven't got time to to go deeper into. But I think saying that Steven Gerrard winning the Scottish Premier League Premiership in just in COVID season diminishes the, the achievement is 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 wrong. Yeah, but hang on a minute. You started this let, let's get on you started this uh section by saying he uh something along the lines of he had, he was a brilliant success at Rangers. You said they were your words. Okay, and I'm just I, I said was that, just yeah. pointing yeah, out words, he, yeah. he won one trophy out of nine. We've talked a lot about Postacoglu at Tottenham. What we haven't talked so much about is the way that team has changed. Um, you know, Postacoglu's not only managed to transfer his obvious managerial talent from Scotland to England, but he's done it with essentially a new team. The team that played Arsenal last Sunday in the North London derby at the Emirates had only two players in it that started the the same fixture last year. That's remarkable. It is remarkable. And when you think that uh, that Harry Kane uh, has gone to Bayern Munich as well and, and the way the season has started, but it, 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 it doesn't surprise me because when Ange Postacoglu first went in at Celtic, I, I, I didn't actually believe he could turn things round in such a short space of time uh, in which he did. But, but seeing it with my own eyes and and uh, and trusting in what he said about uh, process, I think he's he's turned things around in terms of playing style in a very short uh, space of time. How has he done that? Because he's had twenty five years in coaching and management, where he's built up this belief, this way of playing which he trusts, and he's now enforcing it uh, at Tottenham. And everybody is jumping on the bandwagon and, and, and excited by it. And do you know what? Quite rightly so. So I don't mind you jumping on the big edge bandwagon. Need a stepladder to get on any bandwagon, I would. <laughs> um, right. The, now, the, the, I, have, I have to say, and I know that we come on this pod every Thursday to kind of really big up the weekend's action, but I'm, I'm not going to do it because I have to say this is possibly the kind of 
dullest, most mundane set of Premier League fixtures over a Saturday and Sunday that I've seen for quite a while. Why there's only one game on Sunday and why it's um, Nottingham Forest versus Brentford, I do not know. Have you heard and of the Ryder Cup? So you think the Premier League, you think the Premier League have, have, have jigged their fixture programme to put a quite dull set of games on just because everyone's watching the Ryder Cup? I'm just, I'm <laughs> just saying, saying, have you heard of the Ryder Cup? <laughs> I mean, I'll be watching... I've heard of the Ryder Cup. I'll be watching the Ryder Cup. I'll be one of those saddos who's up at six thirty tomorrow morning to watch the first the first tee shot. You'll be out. Feed, you'll be on the farm feeding the feeding the donkeys at that point uh, with your with your with your wellies on. Anyway, look, it is a, a rather kind of predictable set of, of fixtures. So I'm going to do something that I never do, and I'm going to make um, nine predictions here and now. I'm not going to go with. I'm not going to go to uh, into Fulham and Chelsea, which is on Monday night. But I so will that, say that doesn't that's that, not part of the weekend. Then that's a, that's a good fixture. I will say that Aston Villa will draw at home with Brighton. Arsenal will win at Bournemouth. Everton will beat Luton at home. Man United will beat Palace at home. Newcastle will beat Burnley. West Ham will beat Sheffield United. City will win at Wolves, and Tottenham and Liverpool will be a draw. That is what I will say. <laughs> I don't. I don't bet. I don't bet. If I did, I think. And anyone who does, I think you've got the best chance of calling it this weekend. The best uh, okay, chance of but, calling but it. But you don't want to, but in the round of fixtures, you don't want to call Fulham Chelsea, which is a difficult oh, sorry, one I, to call. I, and I, I didn't get to Sunday. And Sunday, I think Nottingham Forest will beat Brentford, who seems to have run into a bit of poor form. Do you? That's not an easy Satisfied one to call. Satisfied with is all it? that? No, I, I, Satisfied. I, I, well, that's uh, that's I think, where I'm going. But this is the best league in the world, isn't it? The, the the Premier League. It's not. It's not that predictable. Guaranteed that you'll be lucky to get six out of nine. Now, um, I want to talk about last night's games. I want to talk about Tuesday night's games in the in the uh, what I still call the league, the League Cup. Um, there was a few interesting team selections, as there always are, in but especially by Premier League clubs for this competition. They clearly don't think they can win it. So they almost chuck it by fielding understrength teams. And I want to pick I want to pick up on Everton and Luton because they play each other this weekend. So you have Luton, uh, Rob Edwards, their manager, rested 10 players and they lost at Exeter. And then you've got Everton who went to Villa and won. And I've just been watching a video this morning of their supporters going nuts in the away end of at Villa Park. Who's going to be in the better mood? Which dressing room is going to be going to be bouncing on Saturday afternoon before they meet at Goodison, and which one isn't? Mm, I think it's a, you know that's a it's a really obvious one, and I, I think you make a great point. I I'd never understand why managers uh, make so many changes in a cup competition. It can it can really be a, uh, get get the season up and running for Luton who haven't won a Premier League uh, game haven't scored many goals if I was a if I was a Luton forward I would want to play in a cup game against Exeter just to try and get a bit of confidence Luton haven't found their rhythm yet in the Premier League I do not get why Rob Edwards made so many changes and let's get it right I mean this is a guy who eventually will come under pressure if Luton uh, I mean, they're going to struggle to get results, but in terms of if their performance levels really drop, he's going to be a guy under pressure. And it's results like uh, that one against Exeter. I remember Claude Puel, uh, when he was at Leicester City, I think they went out of the cup at Newport. 
something like that. And that mm-hmm. was actually uh, a, a catalyst, which I think he got sacked shortly after that. I, I look at, um, at Norwich City, David Wagner, the, the headline in the uh, on the local Norwich paper today was a quote which Wagner used after the, the game at Fulham, which they lost. We are back. We are back. What do you mean, David? I don't get that in any way, shape or form. You lost the game. Two and a half thousand Norwich fans travelled down to Fulham. Let these fans know that you aren't playing your strongest team and then they can make a decision whether they want to travel or not. I I do not get it. Fans love a good cup run. But the point you make about Everton is absolutely bang on. They won at the weekend at Brentford. They've then gone to Villa. They are going into this game. They'll probably end up losing it now you've predicted they're going to win mine. But they're they're going into this game and they are going to be full of confidence and flying and there is going to be that belief. If you're Luton, on the other hand, what are you you believing in? Luton have got one goal in open play in the Premier League so far and I would say probably got Jackal chance of getting a result at Goodison on Saturday. And Rob Edwards yeah, comes out afterwards and says, says Rob Edwards comes out afterwards and says he's disappointed because he wanted to, and I'm quoting, go deep in the competition. Well, I don't think yeah. he did, did he? Rubbish. Prove, prove it with your selection. But I, I, I do think the one about uh, yeah. football fans travelling to games, Ian, I, I, I really think it's relevant. Correct. This day and age... Uh, you know, it's it, it it's tough for football fans to you know afford tickets, and you you, you put the travelling in midweek. You never know whether there's going to be a train or not, um, and you know it costs a fortune. So I, I do think Good. that that club managers have a responsibility to tell the fans if we're not you know going to play our, our first eleven, and we you know we don't really want to to have a cup run, then just tell the fans, and then they can make their own minds up whether they want to travel and watch a reserve I mean, look- team. I love where you're coming from. It's an, it's a good thought. It's a naive thought because there's no way a manager's ever going to tell another manager in advance that he's going to field a weak, a weakened team. It's just not going to happen, is it? But I hear what you're saying. I think there was, um, a point made by someone who was, someone saw some criticism of Crystal Palace fans for not filling the, uh, the away end or the away corner at Old Trafford on Tuesday. But then someone else made the point, said, when you work out how much it costs to get up from South London on the Tuesday night, how long it takes, how long it takes to get home, the fact that you know your teams like to field a weakened team and lose, it's actually amazing that anybody goes at all. Totally agree. And that's, it's a bit of an issue with the Carabao Cup, isn't it? You know, whether we like it or not, a lot of teams play uh, weakened teams and in some ways is it understandable. I mean, well, for example, look at Manchester City, left Erling Haaland out on the bench. Pep normally likes to go strong in every competition, but that was a mistake. They're now out. They're now in crisis. Was, that was a joke. I see there's been some criticism of... There's been some. I know. I saw that. On, I saw that lame joke of yours on Twitter this morning. It wasn't funny then either. Um, I saw. Um, I saw. I saw Pep suggesting after last night's game. I say Pep as though he's my friend. Pep Guardiola last night suggesting that Newcastle had kicked Man City. I didn't see the game. I reserve judgment. But it's nice to think that someone's at least got the courage to put a tackle in on a on a player wearing sky blue rather than just letting them kind of waltz past them like lots of teams tend to do these days. Now we're going to finish quickly with another one of our favourite subjects. It's about selection. It's a subject that I like talking about because once again I think I'm on the right side of this debate. Aaron Ramsdale picked last night for the for the League Cup game for for Arsenal at Brentford. That proves to me what I've said all along. He's the number two, he's the cup 
goalkeeper for Arsenal. On Saturday at Bournemouth, he'll be back on the bench. I mean, what is this? Just ladyman crowing, is it? I mean, where where are you where are you going with this? I mean, the whole point about uh, you know Arteta uh, bringing in Raya was that they would have great competition. I think that they've got that, and credit Ramsdale for his performance uh, at Brentford. He kept Arsenal in, in the game at times. They've gone through. I don't, you know, I don't, I don't sort of get your point with this as much as anything. You've said that Ray is going to be number one. Let's see how this pans out. Let's see how it pans out. The point is that when Mikel Arteta tried to claim that Ramsdale hadn't really been dropped and that he was going to kind of sub his goalkeepers in and out during games, you fell for it and I didn't fall for it. Who started the most games this season? When they've they've both been in the squad, who started the most games? So I am winning 4-3. Ramsdale, Uh, 4. Reyes, 3. Let's go back to that conversation at Christmas time. Now, now, um, Ramsdale did, your did have Northern a great game clogs. last night. Let's give your him, Northern let's give, Clogs. Just, let's give just him, yeah, make I've, sure. Just make sure your Northern Clogs still on my are feet. in reach. I said, I said last last week that I would eat my Northern Clogs if Ramsdale started against uh, Tottenham. It was a, it, and he didn't. It was a one-off offer. It was about that game. What's the difference between Northern Clogs and Southern Clogs? I don't. Well, I think going to your kind of bias of from southern-based bias, we wear them up here, and you don't wear them down there. Well, you you were wellies where you live. So um, there we go. That's a particularly childish way to end this. Uh, what's been quite an insane twenty minutes of my morning. Thank you very much. Lovely to see you, mate. And I will see you in the studio if it's all kicking off on Monday. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.